Well, hello and welcome to the King's Arms. Whether you are joining us on online church, whether you are using Facebook Live or sometime in the future on On Demand, you are so welcome to join us right now. My name's Steve Wilson. And I'm Josh Shaw. It's great to have you with us today. Really exciting to be hosting for the first time with my friend, Steve Wilson. Um, so this month, we've been doing a face mask challenge um, and we're just asking everyone at home to take a picture with your family or on your own um, wearing your face mask and giving us the best smiley eyes you've got or expression that you've got behind it and send those pictures into media at kingsarms.org. Now, I was uh, just browsing through Facebook today and uh, came across a whole host of pictures where people had been creating their own face masks. So we thought you might enjoy a few of these just now. there you go, you've got some inspiration for face masks, but I can't honestly tell you that they will make any difference at all. So maybe get some that are slightly more official, all right? Well, worship's been a little bit different in this season, hasn't it? Yep. And uh, as we've been gathering like this and uh, listening to the, to the guys and, and ladies who have been leading us like that, but how have you and your family found it, Josh? I think for the most part, it's been great, but I think progressively as we've gone through lockdown, it's been uh, a bit harder and harder to engage overall, but um, we, we still love to see and enjoy and take part in worship. But I think ultimately that's why we've put together this little video for you, um, which just maybe helps you engage a little bit more if you've been struggling a little bit like us. So I don't know about you, but I have spent many of the last few Sundays, the last few months of Sundays in my pyjamas. And obviously if we were in King's house, I would not turn up in my pyjamas, you'll be pleased to know. I think many of you probably, like me, have found Sundays a bit tricky in lockdown. It's not the same as being in King's house. Worship feels different and there might be many distractions for you at home. And so we've put together this video to show you some of the ways that people in our church community have been engaging in worship, not just on a Sunday morning, but outside of Sundays, because actually the Bible talks about our lives being a living sacrifice, and that is our worship. Sunday worship very seriously, but if someone comes downstairs late, they can't have breakfast until afterwards. <laughs> there are seven of us in our household, five of us in our family and two lodges. And we all have very different personalities. We gather together on a Sunday morning to watch the 11.30 service. 
not many of us sing, maybe just two or three, but we're all worshipping in our own way and there's a real sense of God's spirit in the room. I wish you'd go through making things. <laughs> Sometimes engaging in worship can feel as hard as trying to get your kids to sit still and make a video with you. But we just try to do what comes naturally to us. So we sing in the car, we uh, play music before bed, and we really sing at the top of our lungs to the online services as if we were still in the world. So there you go. There's some uh, ways that you might think about to be able to connect with God in worship. But right now, we want to spend some time honouring him. And uh, the beautiful thing is by his Holy Spirit, he's with us in every single home, no matter where you are watching this right now. And so uh, my encouragement would be to simply posture your heart to worship him as we kind of move into these songs. And, you know, just like they said on the video right now, it actually doesn't matter um, kind of how you are, whether you stand up, whether you sit down, whether you lie down. You know, the reality is that what we want you to encourage you to do is posture your heart to be able to engage with God. So whether that's very loud and the neighbours get to hear and enjoy it with you <laughs> or whether you're going to be really quiet. Let's just come before our Father in heaven and let's worship him. Yeah. There is no shadow ever overcome your life and there is no rival that could ever stand against your mind you've always been with us every battle you've already won you've already won and there is no weapon ever left a mark on you and there is no army with the power to conquer truth you've always been with us every battle you've already won already won show me one thing he can do Show me mountains he came with. He's the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. Oh, show me one thing that's too hard. Show me what is he can part. He's the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. It's possible. Oh, he will revive. 
impossible, it's possible. Now all of my fears I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in vain. I will crush disappointment and break every curse. Now all of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in vain. I will crush disappointment and shake every Now all of my fears I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment. Show me one thing he can't do. Show me mountains he can't do. He's the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. Show me one thing that's too hard. Show me what is he can't call. He's the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. Oh, anything is possible. Yeah. Show me one thing he can do. Show me mountains he can do. He's the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. Oh, show me one thing that's too hard. Show me what is it can part. He's the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. It's possible. It's possible. Anything is
does impossible He's reaching out to make me whole Reaching out to make me whole The one who put death in its place His life is flowing through my veins His life is flowing through my veins The one who does impossible I believe 
together our father
Yes, Lord, we just worship you and we praise your name, Lord. Yeah. We ask heaven to come, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your glory, Lord. Right now, wherever we may be, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that your presence just be with us, Lord, and mm. just continue to set the atmosphere in our homes, in our cars, wherever we may be. Yeah. Let heaven come, Lord. Cover and keep us, Jesus. I pray that as we worship you, Lord, and as we continue to lift up your name, Lord, and just rest in your presence, Lord, that we will just have new relationship with you, Lord. Yes, God. Let it feel like your arms are wrapping around us, Lord, and let us feel your rest and your comfort, Lord, and your peace, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We love you, Lord. Yes, God. We magnify your name and we lift you up. Mm. We just, we're just so grateful for you and for your love, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, Amen. Amen. Listen, we didn't want to miss the opportunity, guys, to also take a second or two to pray for um, Beirut and the Lebanon. Um, it may be the case that you've seen the news in these last few days um, as it's been showing some of those horrendous mm. pictures and the videos of the explosion that happened in the port there. And um, certainly as I'm sharing this right now, there are still kind of theories out there about what's going on. But in reality... There are people who are suffering and who are struggling and we want to extend our prayers and our support to those people who are going through such difficult circumstances. So would you join me in prayer for a moment? And, um, you know, we just want to lift up those people in that whole situation to God. Let's pray. Father, our hearts break to see such images of the devastation in that magnificent city. And God, I want to pray for your grace right now in the name of Jesus and your mercy over the people who live there. Father, would it be the case that they know your provision, that they know your support, that for every person who's been affected, whether it's through loss or through uh, suffering personally and, and, and sickness and illness and, and damage from that explosion, whether it's the businesses that have been devastated or whether it's knowing family members there and even for the good friends that we have, who live close by, who have been affected by this blast. God, we want to pray for your closeness right now in Jesus' name. I want to pray, God, that that nation would know stability and that it would know leadership and it would know strength. And even somehow out of the ashes of what's going on right now, there might be a new dawn where your kingdom would come mm -hmm. on earth and in that city as it is in heaven. So God, make a way. And we pray, bless that place, even in the midst of everything that's going through. God, give strength and wisdom to the people there. And may it be a time of incredible unity and almost a unifying act, even in the midst of such brokenness. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
more, guys. It really is a pleasure to have you with us. And uh, if it's the case that you want to connect with someone personally, maybe you want to meet a number of people who are new to the church or uh, you just want to see a face for a little while and have a conversation, we'd love to get to know you and uh, invite you to join in to uh, come to our uh, coffee and catch up. Basically, it's a Zoom meeting where you can chat to people personally. So the link will appear on your screen now and uh, that room will be opening up just after this meeting has finished. Yeah, we just want to thank you for partnering with us for uh, this season with giving consistently, whether it's via standing order or in any other means. And we just ask if you want to continue to sow into what God is doing, then um, there's an opportunity now to give. Uh, you can press the button on your screen or you can go to kingsarms.org give. Hey, King's Arms family, I hope you're doing well. One of the things that I've been learning as I've been studying some of the incredible moves of God that are going on around the world right now is that there are some common themes that apply to all of them. And we've talked about these at different points already. One thing is the commitment to extraordinary prayer. One thing is the commitment to studying, obeying and sharing God's word. But I want to, what I want to talk about today is every believer being trained to tell their story of what God has done in their life. If you think about it, it makes sense. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Revelation 12.1 says, They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. I guess we've always known that it's good to tell your story, but it's never been a real focus for us. We want to change that. We've never really trained ourselves. There's a way of telling your story, isn't there, that's long, it's boring, it's filled with Christian jargon, and we need to avoid that. We want to learn together to tell our stories because there are lost people who need to hear what Christ has done for them. And I believe as we come out of this uh, COVID lockdown season that more than ever people are going to be hungry to hear a people of hope, a people who've got a story to share of what God has done. But you know what? It's not just for others. It's for us too. It's going to help us to love one another better as we share our stories. It will give hope for those who are struggling. As we share how Christ has set us free for issues, it will help those who are still struggling with those same issues. It will give us understanding of different cultures and different backgrounds. And more than anything, it gives glory to God and provokes worship, doesn't it? When we hear the great things that he's done in every other people's lives, I don't know about you, but it makes me want to worship. So there are all sorts of benefit to, benefits to this becoming a practice. That's the vision, and here's a great example. Take a listen to this. I'm Isabel, and this is my story. So I grew up in a Christian family, and I went to church every Sunday, but to be honest, it didn't really mean anything to me. I didn't really understand why we went. And then as a teenager, I drifted away and I spent time chasing boys, uh, enjoying parties, going out drinking with friends. And to the point actually where I was expelled from school, I was stealing uh, my friends' boyfriends and not thinking that there was anything wrong with that. And to be honest, my life was crazy, but it was just selfish. And then in my early 20s, my sister invited me to go and stay with her for the weekend. And on the Sunday evening, she said, oh, why don't you come along to our church? And I kind of like nonchalantly said, oh, okay, I will, not expecting much. Um, but we walked into this church building and it was full of young people. There was a band at the front. They were uh, joyfully singing. And um, at the end of the service, um, I've no idea why, but I found myself crying and then going up to the front of this church for prayer. 
And the lady that prayed with me, she said, um, do you know what? I think you would really benefit from coming on this course that we're about to start. Um, it's called Alpha and um, it's a, a course that you can just ask questions about God. And so I did, I went on this course and I was blown away. Um, I realized that my past can be forgiven and that God actually has plans for my life. And so halfway through the course, I gave my life to Jesus and I chose to follow him and to ask him to guide my paths. And I was transformed from this girl who was chasing craziness to somebody who within six months was, had moved out to Uganda to be volunteering in an orphanage. And then I set up a charity um, helping HIV positive mothers uh, pay their school fees. And there is no way that I could have done that. I thought I was going out there for six months. I stayed there for 17 years. Only God could have transformed this girl who was chasing after joy in the wrong places to a girl who was looking after orphans in Uganda. And I would say, if you have never experienced God, don't know about him, look into him, find out, because he literally transformed my life. All right, well now it's your turn. We're gonna take this opportunity to pause for a moment. We're gonna stick a countdown on the screen and give you the chance, whether it's with your family or those people you're watching it with, or frankly, even if you wanna grab a, a piece of paper and a pen and to think about what would your story be like? Now, just like Isabel did just now, what's really important is we follow a model that actually comes out of scripture. So in um, Acts 26, what we see is Paul speaking to Agrippa, okay? And uh, if you were to read that passage, you'll see three distinct sections. Paul first talks about what life was like before he knew Christ, okay? Then he talks about what happened and uh, the situation that occurred that when Jesus actually met him before he goes on to what life looks like now. There's this really distinct before, during, and after. And the other encouragement that I would give to you as we're practicing our story and giving glory to God like this is to try and avoid Christianese. Yeah. I know lots of people will get all sorts of words that we might be very familiar with within, uh, within the walls of the church, as it were. But what we want to do is make sure that our story is incredibly accessible to people who are outside of the church as well. And I would also encourage us just to speak with joy because God saved us and that's yeah. an amazing thing. Yeah. And then um, just as you saw Isabel do, it's a really good thing to end with a question. So it puts the ball back into the court of the person you're sharing with. So should we give it a go? I'm gonna put the timer on the screen and right now I wanna to listen to Josh's story as well. Go for it.
Well, well done. I hope you found that a useful activity. And I would just encourage you that not only have you just practiced your sharing your story with someone in your household right now, or you've been practicing writing it down, look for an opportunity that God might give you this week to be able to share your story. And uh, Josh did amazingly well <laughs> hearing his story. And so to the point where I'm even going to get him to share his story next week. So look out for that as well. All right. Yep. Uh, and now uh, we're just going to introduce you to Kirsty Cook, the lovely Kirsty Cook, um, who's going to be bringing a word for today. So uh, posture your hearts, prepare yourself, get comfortable um, and tune in to what the Lord is saying through her today. Hello, my name is Kirsty. For those of you who haven't met me before, I live in Bedford with my husband, Matt, our three kids, a dog and a few fish. Last time I spoke, which was a few months ago now, I mentioned that I was fearing for the future of our fish, given that the local chippy was still closed and I was getting pretty desperate. Good news on that front, Elliot, Hacks and Bantel are still enjoying life in their tank and I've been able to bless our local fish, chop, fish chip shop with plenty of family business in the last little while. It's been an exciting time in the Cook household recently. Our eldest son made it through exam season without having to break sweat or take a single exam, which we celebrated in style. Matt had a significant birthday, which despite restrictions, we also managed to celebrate well. And I started a new job. For many years, I've lived with a desire to serve and love the poor and to defend the rights of those who cannot speak up for themselves. I worked in criminal justice for 15 years doing just that prior to taking some time out to give more time to the church. However, I'm now in the privileged position to be leading the King's Arms Project, which serves the poor in our town and beyond, providing practical support to those immediately in need and tackling the causes of homelessness. Whilst this has long been on my heart to do, and I've never doubted who God has made me to be, my biggest concern when thinking about this role was, could I physically and emotionally manage the load at this point in my life? Things are pretty maxed out in our house. Matt has a full-time job and our three kids are in varying stages of secondary school and sixth form life before we begin to do anything else such as cook, clean, see friends and family and exercise, etc. But then I got the preaching rotor for this season and came across the passage for today and it all fell into place. The verses we're going to look at reminded me of what I need to do to be a disciple and how to order my life. So we're going to read from Luke 10 and then see what Jesus has to teach us about priorities and managing our lives. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, I've heard a few interpretations of these verses over the years, my favourite one being that it gives us an excuse not to do the washing up. I also often hear Martha getting bad press, and I guess the obvious immediate read is that she was busy doing the wrong thing, and then got crossed with Jesus, and then Mary, and she got it wrong. Jesus sets her straight, Mary got it right, job done, end of preach. We can all go home early. 
but not so fast. Don't jump to put the kettle on yet. There's more to it than that. In my experience, Jesus never wastes an opportunity to teach us about who he is and what our relationship with him is like. He never condemns, but instead leads us through to a better way of living. This isn't a story about Martha's mistake. It's a story about finding the path to peace. Let's see what we can learn about it. Hospitality was a big deal in the time that this story was written and the culture that the story is set in. People away from home or without their own resources need protection, shelter and food. In the absence of service stations, supermarkets, Uber Eats and credit cards, anyone travelling around was at the mercy of locals to be fed and watered. In the Old Testament, we can see the central value of hospitable care for outsiders, whether they're travellers, refugees, people who are forced to relocate, or even just simply neighbours on the move. Israelites are often reminded that they too were aliens in Egypt, we read about that in Leviticus 19, so that they should be caring for strangers. These values are carried through in the New Testament, and Mary and Martha would have been living with this as part of their everyday lives. So it's no surprise or unusual that they should open up their home and offer hospitality to Jesus. He goes in and Martha starts doing all the things she knows she needs to do to get a meal going. But her sister seems oblivious to the task in hand and instead is sitting around with Jesus. So let's just pause here for a moment. Ever been in that situation? Ever been the one rushing around doing all the jobs when everyone else in the house is seemingly lounging around? Ever been the one at work feeling as if you're having to push everything through whilst your colleagues are drinking tea and chatting about pizza topping? If you haven't, let me tell you that I have, and I can tell you what feelings it generates. Resentment, feeling undervalued, overlooked, taken advantage of. And do you know what I can do in those moments? I might bang the saucepan down a bit harder. I might snap at someone that bit quicker. I might engage my martyr face or more readily drive those around me to action out of just my anger and frustration. That's not a very pretty picture, is it? And I'm hoping now not to return to a pile of resignation letters on Monday morning from my staff or a walkout from my family. But hold on, the news gets better because I've got a solution. Martha's a smart cookie. When she gets disgruntled by the unfairness of her situation, she wastes no time. She knows exactly who can fix things. Martha marches right up to the highest authority in the room and commands Jesus, make my sister come and help me. There's a lot to be said for knowing who to go to when we need help. Sometimes we can be tempted to share our problems with anyone else around us, prayer requests, social media, mum, the best friend, or indeed maybe not share them at all in a helpful way and just be generally grumpy in a non-verbal way. When actually we see here the wisest thing to do is to approach the one who can actually fix things first. Martha knew what she was doing. She didn't filter. She didn't think about the rights and wrongs or worry about being judged. She was hacked off and she went straight to Jesus. So what have we learned from her? When you're struggling, go to the best source first. That might be a muttered prayer under your breath in the moment. It might be a five minute break in the bathroom to read a Bible verse or ask God for wisdom or humility or grace or forgiveness, whatever you need in the moment. It might be taking a long walk, which is what I will often do, or go for a bike ride or a run to work something out with Jesus. However you connect to the source of all life and wisdom, which is Jesus, do it. It's interesting that Jesus doesn't rebuke Martha for her words. He doesn't say, 
make your sister come and help you. Listen here, girlie, you don't get to speak to me that way. Don't you know who I am? No, Jesus accepts Martha where she is, as she is, and he listens to her tirade without batting an eye. You have that kind of audience with Jesus too. Second point, you can tell Jesus anything. He's a strong God after all. He doesn't get miffed or offended when you come to him in the middle of emotional upheaval. He won't mind if you tell him exactly what you're feeling. In fact, he adores you and longs to hear about anything face to face. Jesus is your perfect friend and brother. He's approachable, loving and eager to listen. When it's someone's birthday or a special occasion in our house, we'll do the what do you love about this person type question around the dinner table. And I can remember one time someone in our family commenting that what they really loved about the special person of the moment was that they made them feel loved and accepted just for who they were. No judgments or false expectations. It's a powerful thing to feel accepted in that way, isn't it? And that's who Jesus is to us every day all the time, without exception. It's humbling, isn't it? And yet at the same time, incredibly empowering because it allows us to be completely ourselves and confident with the one who made us, loves us and has the best for us. So we can see that Martha knew how to go to the source with her frustration, which was that she felt she was doing all the work and Mary was getting away with it and just sitting around with Jesus. And we can see that Jesus received her well without judgment and didn't chastise her, but instead helped her to see why Mary had made the choices that she had. It wasn't that Martha was doing anything wrong necessarily, it was that Mary had seen in that moment that there was a better thing, and that was time with Jesus. In a culture of hectic schedules and the relentless pursuit of productivity, we're tempted to measure our worth by how busy we are, by how much we accomplish, or by how well we meet the expectations of others. Many of us can likely identify with Martha, feeling pulled in different directions, worried, distracted by many things. These can be common threads of life in our fast-paced world. And yet, as Jesus says in Luke 12, 25, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to the span of your life? We know that worrying does no good and that much of what we worry about is not so important in the large scheme of things. And yet we cannot seem to quell our anxious thoughts and frantic activity. It's true that much of our busyness and distraction stems from the noblest of intentions. We want to provide for our families. We want to give our children every opportunity to enrich their lives. We want to serve our neighbours. And yes, we want to serve the Lord. Indeed, where would the church be without its Marthas? Those faithful folk who perform the tasks of hospitality and service that are so vital to making the church a welcoming and well-functioning community. And yet, if all of our activities leave us with no time to be still in the Lord's presence and hear God's word, we're likely to end up anxious and troubled. We're likely to end up with a kind of service or indeed life that's devoid of love and joy and is resentful of others. I was talking to my colleague Sarah from the project team a few weeks back and she was reminiscing with me about one of our friends who we'd met through her life on the streets and uh, she sadly recently died. And Sarah was telling me about how when she'd been with this friend of ours on the way to an appointment, they'd come across someone else in need on the street. And while Sarah was wanting to hurry on to the appointment they needed to get to, our friend who herself was homeless with nothing to her name, 
chastised Sarah for rushing on and stopped to talk to this person, explaining she didn't have any money to give, but did have a few moments to chat. And she told Sarah how important it was to stop for a moment for people like that in our lives. You know, however basic our discipleship journey, wherever we are, there is right knowing that it is good to know how to love people the way that Jesus teaches us. Learning to stop, listen to God, and make time for those who are in front of us. Both listening and doing, receiving God's word and serving others are vital to the Christian life, just as inhaling and exhaling are to breathing. Yet how often do we forget to breathe in deeply? Trying to serve and work without being nourished by God's word is like expecting good fruit to grow from a tree that's been uprooted. One of the things many have commented on in this time of lockdown is that the pace has slowed in some areas of life and this has been welcomed. I think Jesus' response to Martha and what we can glean from it is this, that the path to peace begins with one thing, learning to stop for what's important. In this moment, Jesus is showing us that stopping to be with him is an important thing to get hold of. In fact, it's so important that one of the Ten Commandments speaks into just this principle. Exodus 20 reads as follows. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor male or female servant, nor your animals or any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The idea of a day set aside to rest, to not do any work, to give time to worship and connect with God in a meaningful way has got a bit lost in our 24-7 society. We're facing the challenges of liberalism in our culture. No rules, no set ways of doing things, each to their own, not wanting to tie ourselves down to anything. But in Jesus' time, the problems were the opposite. There were too many rules and laws. And the reason that the Pharisees challenged the actions of Jesus on the Sabbath in Mark chapter 2 was because they had added so many regulations to the original design of the Sabbath. From a good heart, they were trying to protect it, but they were missing the point. They'd forgotten what it was designed for. And Jesus reminds them in Mark 2.27, he says, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. We're in danger of missing the why of the Sabbath if we shy away from the simple fact that it's good for us. God doesn't need it and our salvation doesn't depend on it, but we need it as a way of life to help preserve the path of peace. So what can it look like for us? What are the principles that we can take to help apply this rule, this, this Sabbath in our 21st century world? Some of us do shift work having varying demands and families with vastly different life patterns. So it might not be that a Sunday, for example, works as a day off. That's okay. What we're looking for is a time in our week that does work for us, where we can stop and rest. Rest will look different for different people. Some find cooking restful and others won't. Some find DIY restful, others are called PJ. Some find exercise re-energizing, some find it exhausting. We need to think about what constitutes rest for us and what are the things to avoid in our times of rest. I suggest that in our culture, screens are a huge invader on our ability to rest. Whether we're tech and media lovers or not, the invasion of sound, 
visual stimulation and social platforms is not restful for our brains. And we need time away from that to feel the quiet. Sometimes the uncomfortableness of the stillness of ourselves in order to connect with how we really are and those around us, because this paves the way for us to connect with God and that will bring us rest. So a few thoughts to incorporate into our week that would help us find the better way, which is the path to peace. Firstly, stopping. Stop paid work and other things that you can consider to be work. Talk about that with those you live with so you can all understand how that works what you, you need to agree on together, what will make it work for you. It isn't always straightforward. For example, some in your house may find being with others restful, where some may find being alone restful. But I would urge you to dig into those conversations to find ways to help each other and serve each other because you'll understand and appreciate each other more. And take heart, God made you and knows you, so he'll know and understand how you are going to thrive in your household. You might just have to search for it. Discipline yourself to put aside work thoughts for a day. Sometimes just stopping the actual work isn't enough. We have to learn to switch our brains off as well. Some of us find that easier than others. If you struggle, one thing that you might find helpful is another restful activity to engage in, be it exercise or reading, something completely different from your job to keep your attention and kind of keep the creative part of you occupied. Stop shopping, stop wanting and stop striving. Secondly, resting. Give yourselves deep soul level rest. Physical rest, have a huge lie-in if that works for you. Emotional rest, mental rest. Try not to talk about trying issues. Take spiritual rest. Turn off your phone. Produce nothing. Do nothing. God is in control. Thirdly, delighting. Do things that you delight in doing. What fills your soul with joy? Pleasure stack on those things. Read, eat, drink, feed yourself with the beauty of creation. Whatever it is that brings you a sense of delight, do those things. And fourthly, worshipping. When we stop and rest, it increases our capacity to delight and notice more and worship wells up in us. It may be just a brief moment of revelation or it may be several hours of listening to God and soaking in his presence. Either way, time like this brings us peace as we rest and worship in God's presence. So in this passage, we've learned that Jesus is the source for us to go to when we're feeling overwhelmed or irritated or hard done by. We've learned that he receives us as we are no judgment and listens to us and we've learned that he gives some good advice to spend time with him. Let's just pray for a moment. Jesus thank you that you are the source of all life. Thank you that as we come to you God you uh, refresh us, you build us up God, you strengthen us and you give us peace and I pray for us Lord today and in the coming weeks that you would help us to learn what it is to stop, to take those moments to, to rest in your presence. God, help us, be it on our own or as part of households, to learn what it is to stop and rest together, to enjoy you, to make time for you in our minds and our hearts and our souls. Help us, Lord, to stop and to rest and to delight and to worship. I just pray your blessing on us in this week to come.
In your name, Jesus. Amen. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing, Kirsty. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, if you maybe are joining us for the first time or you haven't had an experience with uh, Jesus and maybe you felt a tugging or a pulling potentially during that word or um, even during the worship or at any point during this meeting and you felt that maybe God was speaking to you or even if you just have some questions, um, there's going to be a button that pops up now which will give you the opportunity to respond uh, to Jesus today and we've got a team online um, who are just waiting to speak with you and pray with you and to uh, answer any questions that potentially you may have so uh, we encourage you if you want to know more about him if you want to engage with him in a new way um, to press that button spend some time getting to know him a bit more it's the best thing you'll ever do come on now Guys, that's the end of our meeting, but it really has been fantastic having you with us. Thank you so much for joining us for this online meeting. So on behalf of Josh and I, I want to say God bless you as you go about your week. And don't forget that Zoom room is about to open. So if you want to connect with some people, you can do that right now. But thanks for being with us. Thank you. Um, or any other means, look, we just ask that you... Um... <sighs> <laughs> I don't know why I said brilliant. <laughs> it is brilliant, but that's just, that's just a Steve word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we just want to thank you for partnering with us. With, with Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I blame this on Josh John. Oh, good. Yeah, a bit I was going to say, what sort of clap was that? <laughs> I'm looking over at the table. Sorry, there's a spider crawling on my face the whole time. spider on your face? It felt like it, literally. Please do not put that in the <laughs> <laughs> We got one! <laughs>